You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. What's up, guys? This is Jason by myself today. I wanted to do a solo episode because I just have a lot of uh, you know, stuff on my on my mind. There's a uh, got the chance to speak at a few places this week. One of them being my my own company a couple times, and one uh, you know a few other companies on a po- couple podcasts and the different things that's been going on. And just really excited to share with you kind of what's on my mind. I'm not going to take a super uh, super long time. We'll see how long I I take. It's been a really long week for me. It's been kind of one of those weeks that you just want to bang your head against the wall and ask yourself you know you don't want to wake up just because things just going crazy you know i've had a trip where you know the crazy 48 hours where the trip was super long got home issues with with some stuff that i'm dealing with at a few other places and then get home thinking everything's perfectly fine and then get kind of i fall asleep on the couch and get woken up to my wife kind of you know gracefully telling me that the uh, basement's flooding and all this stuff so i was up up late doing that and then speaking at seven o'clock in the morning the next morning and then it's just kind of one of those weeks but you know we get through it um you know it's 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 one of those things that stuff's gonna happen it doesn't matter who you are what you do stuff's gonna happen but it's how you separate just what separates people from you know from the norm and from the pack is how you deal with situations coming at you and we'll kind of get that in a second one thing i really want to want to dive into is like you know i don't we i you haven't really got the chance to hear me talk a lot about culture and i've been getting for some reason asked a ton to come talk about it i've been consulting like crazy i don't know if many people even knew on this uh this podcast that i do consulting and i i I totally do consulting and culture and different things with leadership and different different areas but i want you to really think about what culture means to you and when you hear the word culture how you feel and i really really want you to think about you know for 2023 what that's going to mean for you because when you're developing culture and i you know this is called culture camp so i'm guessing that when you do listen to this that you are probably interested in culture or somehow interested in 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 leading organizations or leading some type of team or you know, or, or maybe not. And, and maybe, you know, you're, you're listening to this podcast for totally something else because we have kind of gone every which way in on this podcast and it's been a lot of fun to do. And I've had a total blast in it. So thank you all for an awesome, you know, six months. It's been, it's been a blast and this totally is my passion project. But a couple of weeks ago, we talked about one of my kind of my solo episode of how you're going to have a, a good 2023 and what you what things and the objectives and things that you want to implement. And I got a lot of people hit me up um, through the emails and through DMs of like, you know, how, how do I create a culture and what is a good culture? And, you know, the winning culture versus a, you know, everybody gets a trophy and the expectations and how you deal with people and all these things in which I can go into for hours. And this is why I've, you know, I think maybe that episode or some recent episodes is really why I've started to, to, take a lot of these phone calls. And I, like I said, I've done consulting for a while and all, all of a sudden I'm being asked like left and right to, to help. And I'm willing to help in, in, in any way I possibly can. And, and I'm diving deep with some teams right now and some, some companies and we're, we're going all in, but this is, this is my passion. This is where I feel like I could leave that legacy and be most impactful and influential on people in a positive way. Cause I'm totally here to just help people. That's what I really definitely feel like my, my calling is. And so when you think about culture, it's got to go deeper than than just oh we have a good culture. It's you know culture is a feeling. Culture is is everything. Culture is it, it could be a positive culture, a negative culture. But when you really really think about culture and what it means and how you feel when you think of a brand name or a a uh, maybe a business that you go in or you know I can kind of use Apple as an example. When you go into an Apple store, you totally feel the culture you feel it's the same like everybody's kind of dressed i think it's in the same shirt same color all the displays are the same it's super simplistic it's 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 apple it's a feeling and you go in there and it's almost like sophistication now i've never been in a windows store i don't even know if they have those but i go to the apple store all the time um we're buying you know love love all their gadgets i'm a huge apple guy 
but it's the feeling. It's like when you go into a Mercedes dealership, it's the feeling you feel. Like even, you know, our, uh, it's kind of crazy, but a Ferrari dealership, it's the feeling. And some of those like other brands such as like, you know, maybe the ones that are more widespread, like the Chevy stores, the Toyota stores, you know, your Ford stores, your whatever, the Honda, Hyundai, all the all the other the stores that are mo- more, you know, readily available, I guess. You know, a lot of those stores don't have those feelings. They don't have those cultures and some do. And I would say that they, I'm guessing they're probably a little bit more successful due to how they deal with their customers and their customer service because that's all part of the culture and setting those expectations of how you're going to deal with those people. And so when you really feel, think about culture as a feeling, so when you're implementing your culture in 2023, which we're going to get in a little bit of how, you know, implement a culture and, and some tips and tricks of how to get around that, um, think about the feeling that when you walk in work, how that is. And and it starts with the leader. I mean, it's culture starts with leadership. Culture starts from the top down. And when you're, when you're a manager, when you, you know, when you call yourself a leader, whatever, if you are a leader, but when you're a manager, your person is something to influence inside of a business or, or, or work or wherever you're at and you walk in and you look, you know, you're resting bitch face and you, you, you're angry. And what that sets the expectation, that sets the tone for the rest of the day that some people feel that, something's wrong. You know, if I'm the owner of a company and I'm walking through and busting through the door, just pissed and then run to my office and slam my door, that just shows that everybody like that, that, that tells the entire team something's wrong. And I mean, I hope something's wrong because then I feel like you'd have no excuse that something isn't wrong, but if there is something wrong, you walk through, if you're having a big issue, like maybe you just got in a huge argument with your wife or whatever, and you know, you on the way to work and then you get to work, you need to take that like a five minute reset and maybe listen to music, maybe listen to a positive podcast, maybe just sit there and just say, okay, I can't walk into work upset. Maybe take a, like a circle around the block, whatever you, whatever you need to do to kind of decompress and chill, you walk through the door and it's a smile. It's a non, we call it a nonverbal. It's your nonverbal. It tells a massive story. And if your nonverbal is happy and everything is good and life like that, it it's kind of like a fake it till you make it because you need to instill confidence in in your uh, in your team and you can't let them doubt you and you can't let them doubt what's going on. It, it a lot often you know in economics ups ups and downs, um, a lot of people kind of that that's contagious to a lot of their team. Their, their team at the end of the day, like, you know, it's important for teams to kind of know where they're at and especially leadership. Like I'm a huge believer in kind of, you know, in sharing information, you know, not a hundred percent of the time, but I definitely think it's important to, to share information and kind of be up front and forthcoming with a lot of things. Um, if you, if you, uh, you know, your the ups and the downs and, you know, if people are kind of always going to question, it's very important for you to instill the confidence that everything's going to be okay. Um, if it's not going to be okay, you have those conversations with certain leadership to get through the issues. But if you kind of are super negative and you're always pissed and every coming to work and, and the feeling and everybody's feeling is uneasy, when people are confused, people tend to stop. When people feel there's unrest and they're not confident and they don't have a clear direction, they tend to stop. You do not want that in your company. You do not want people or your team. You don't want people to stop. Just like a basketball team, if they don't understand what they're supposed to do, if there's no play called in, if they're not unsure, if they're sure, they kind of just you know, in football, hack the ball and kind of just go and whatever happens, happens. You need to have that, those objectives and those clear goals. And you need to set the tone through the nonverbal, the culture, through how you act as a leader, as a person of influence and a person inside that job. You can't, you can't as a top person, at the top of a company or top of a team, set the tone or, uh, you know, say you're a leader or say all these things and give these, all these expectations for other people and not, you know, really follow them yourself. I mean, I think that that's pretty stupid. Like I would, I would never tell something as far as cult that I would never do myself. And I think that's really important that you set the tone and you, you lead from the front, you lead by example. I had a mentor of mine all the time. His whole thing was lead from the front, lead from the front, lead from the front and how you are going to set that expectation and kind of pave the way. And it's walking alongside of them. It's being a true servant leader, which we're going to get in a second, a true servant leader, a true, you know, helping those people out and setting those clear expectations and, and setting them up for success as much as possible. I know on this podcast, we talk about all the time is my number one job is to set people up for success as a CEO, as a CEO, my job is to set people up for success as a manager, as a director, as an executive, as a, as a, what your job is to set your team up for success. 
you really need to kind of, we've talked about a little bit, plan, do, check, and adjust. You really need to kind of almost take a reset. Am I setting those people up for success? Have I given them the necessary tools? Have I given them the necessary training? Have I, have I set the expectations? Have I communicated clearly, which we're going to get into a little bit. Communication is so, 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 so important. And trust is really how leadership begins. Leadership is based off of trust. If you don't have trust with the individual or trust with the organization, or there's no trust, there's no bonding together, you can no longer influence. In my, in my opinion, leadership has a lot to do with influencing people in a positive, in my opinion, is a positive way. You can argue that there's been a few dictators in our lifetime and in our world that you could say were great leaders. Leadership does not always mean a positive thing. It could also mean very, very, very negative. You read in history books that there's many, you know, back in World War I, World War II, crazy people, you know, in Europe, I'm not going to name their name because I don't want to. You could argue by the definition that they were good leaders. Now, there's this blurred line of people think that it's always positive. It's not. There's leadership is influence and people are negatively influenced by, in my opinion, bad things. And so you need to kind of take that inventory or that check of how you are operating and make sure that you are operating in a level of influence in a positive way. How do people think you know you're doing? And you need you might it might take um, giving people surveys in your company. We in our company we're always giving out surveys every time I get together um, with anybody. We're giving out surveys and kind of survey the living crap out of everybody. But at the end of the day, I don't know what I don't know. And they're anonymous surveys, and some people tear me apart. Some people, it's positive. I don't care. I'm welcoming that the survey because I need to know how what people think and how is my leadership effective. Because you know what I think and they think are completely different, or can be completely different. And if I'm thinking everything's great, 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 and it's really not, and then you're leading down this dark hole because you think that oh everybody loves me because they're always telling me everything's great but when you really need to find out those those situations and in those problems in the business it is your job if you think everything's perfect in a company then you are out of your mind absolutely out of your mind nothing can ever be perfect so i hope you don't ever have that expectation but you need to clearly identify issues and molding back and forth through all kinds of different people, whether it's, you know, going down to the detailers of a company or going down to the uh, shelf stockers of a, of, a, of a grocery store or whatever to figure out because they run into most, you know, a lot of issues or they have, they're kind of the, the people that are more forward facing on a lot of the issues. The biggest issue that I have, I've always had with corporate America or any corporation or anything like back in my network marketing days, because there was a huge disconnect between the corporation and the field because the corporation or whoever, we always called it the corporation, but it sounds really weird and old, but the corporation had a huge disconnect, a huge disconnect between what the field was actually doing. The leaders up here really didn't care about anybody down beneath them. But at the end of the day, like the field or the workers or the sellers of the network marketing company or the shares, whatever, the in independent business owners, the distributors, whatever you want to call them, they were the ones that made everything work. There was a huge disconnect between the viewpoint of that. It was like a, it was like they're a necessary evil to make money. They're a necessary evil to basically be compliant with the FTC and the SEC, all these things. And so it's kind of honestly just the sound. It's disgusting how people view people because I, so I was at a mastermind just a little bit ago. I guess it's frick. It's almost been a year and I had a lot of respect for the people there. Um, I had a lot of respect for the guy that was speaking and, and all of these things and kind of putting on the show. And every time he got up there, he was just talking so much, so many bad things about his employees. And I'm like, man, what would your employees think if they were here? Like they, I mean, that's insane to me. And I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, like I'm not talking about everybody's perfect and everybody gets a trophy and you can never let anybody go because you're so scared and it's got to be the culture so good that you keep everybody. That's not what I'm talking about. And people kind of have gotten some, you know, they're blurred lines and confused, even within our own company that they think that everybody should get a trophy and, oh, we can't let that person go because, 
you know, they're so good and they've been here for so long and this and that, and they're just tearing everybody down. And we're having to hire more people because they're not doing their job correctly. And then, then, you know, and I'm like, Hey guys, we got to remember that we have, we have a duty to protect everybody in this company. If we're having to hire more people because people are not doing their jobs, that means we're having to, you know, spend more money, which is taking money out of other people's bonus bonuses, other people's, you know, pay like there's no, there's no, not as much money to give raises like that. That's dangerous. And when you put it like that, people are like, wow, like you're right. And what's really bad for a culture is that you're, that you're, if you keep someone too long, then that's kind of destroying that winning culture and those expectations. If someone is not, you know, hitting their objectives and hitting their goals, and you're constantly having to, to, you know, talk to them and this and that and the other, like at the end of the day, like you're going to have to go in a different direction. It's just not working out, but you owe it to the company, the team, you know, whatever it is to, to do that and to have those hard conversations. And there's certain ways to have those hard conversations. But at the end of the day, like, it's almost like by the time you let someone go, they should know, yeah, I'm getting fired. I'm getting let go because you have managed through the culture. You've managed through the expectations that you've had. You've set clear lines. You've slet, set slitter KRA or, uh, you've set clear KRAs and, they have an expectation of what's supposed to do. And if they're not hitting it, okay, it's, it's time to move in a different direction. And I think it's really important to, to, uh, to always be consciously aware of what's going on in your company. And I got, I got, I got a, a whole long list of, uh, of, of notes over here and, you know, but it takes you as a leader of the, of the company to take those almost like, it's almost like an inventory of what's going on in your company constantly. And we've talked a lot about, and this is plan, do check and adjust constantly because you owe it to the organization to go and find the problems. Like I was on a podcast with a good buddy of mine, Brad Lee, and he kind of was talking about, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And you don't just sit up, you know, up in an office and just wait for people's problems. You go find the problems. You go, you go be proactive in the approach, which in really in turn, let's, I, I think creates trust between you and, you know, your, maybe your employees, your team member, whatever that, wow, they really care. They're trying to figure out what the problems are. They're trying to figure out how they can set me up for success more and, and make this a better situation. And I want to talk about a little bit about leadership right now is how, how, like, like do we give titles to people or just because, or, or do we say someone's a leader just because they have a title? And do we say someone's a manager just because they have a manager title? And if you have, you know, or team leader or a captain, just because, oh, they're seniority or, oh, they're this or they're that, really think about what this individual does. Are they a manager? Or are they a laborer? Are they a leader? Or are they just a barker or, you know, just demander or like a dictator? They're just, there's, you know, like they're obviously influencing or, or maybe like making people do their job. But how are they doing that? At the end of the day, it's just what culture you want to create. Like I have, you know, friends that really do not care about that, about anybody liking anybody at the, at their, their, uh, their business. And they, they love the turnover. I mean, they're constantly hiring. They're 24, seven, 365 hiring because there's 24, seven, 365 people going out and they really don't care. That's totally up to you. I'm not here to say what's good, bad, whatever. I mean, I, I, I would, that's not personally me. Like I hope you know from the show that that's not personally me, but you really have to check those people are a, are a leader manager or, a, or technically, you know, maybe just, you can kind of call them a laborer and what they really are. And maybe you're listening to this and you can kind of take a, a reset in your mind. You're like a little bit of a, okay, check, you know, am I a leader? Am I a manager? Or maybe, I mean, and you can be both like a manager can obviously be a leader or am I just a laborer? And I just, you know, I'm one of those people that just go to work, come home, go to work, come home. And you don't want to be any anymore. There are those people out there. And sometimes as an owner, you want something more for somebody than they want it from, for themselves. And so we've ran into a lot of different situations where it's, Oh, this person's a manager because we need a manager in the, in that, you know, in that department. So we're just going to give them a manager title. But then if you really pay attention to it and they're, what they're doing on a daily basis has nothing to do with managing. And then you're setting an expectation that they are really good at managing your best, like in, in, in the automotive industry or any, you know, any, in, in a lot of sales positions, your best sales person is not necessarily the best manager. And that really 
is hard for some people because they always want to be manager, 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 manager. Well, quite often, honestly, some of the best salespeople would take a pay cut being sales manager, which is, you know, kind of crazy to think about, but the comp plans only pay what they pay. And, th and this is not only in, in, in RV industry or, or automotive, but this is in a lot of different areas. I know this for a fact, but I used to, you know, talk to a lot of people. I've been in sales. I've been in, in, in a lot of other things is high performing salespeople just are sales forever. You know, it's, it's funny, you meet people and be like, oh, we, like, what do you do? Like, oh, I've done sales for so-and-so for 25 years. And then some people are like, why the heck would you do that? And it's like, because I make way more than my boss. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, because, you know, kind of there's some over here that's a little bit more secure. There's some over here that's very, you know, volatile, I guess, without the markets, with the commission. But, you know, that's his choice. And, he, you know, he, he thrives off of it. So really think about, you know, a manager, a leader, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them and, and or, you know, manager versus labor and how you can coach those individuals to be a true manager, to manage people and to create you know, a leader out of them and, and help them create that leadership with their group or with their department so they can be a true, have true leadership, which is influence and be a true manager to help coach those people. I love sports. I think it's everything, you know, kind of like sports. And because I feel like sports, man, they're freaking ruthless. I mean, heck, like something bad happens or one dude posts something bad on Facebook, boom, gone. I mean, they are the most ruthless industry i don't know what you want to even call it they are ruthless people but at the end of the day like they owe it to their team or the rest of the team and the fans i mean they got a lot of you know big big obviously followings to be successful and especially if you know people are messing up and it's you know whatever they're doing it's they, they use them an example as an example and they bounce them out of there and talent and how good you are doesn't always necessarily mean that you're going to stay forever and that you're indispensable because we see this a lot of times in sports as people are have all the talent in the world and then they don't last or maybe they have some issues or you hear about it or whatever that was going on um you know i can name so many people that is in the same situation where they had all the time in the world coming out of college all the talent you know a couple of years maybe all the talent and they get caught up in whatever they get caught up in and they start thinking it's all about them and they're so amazing and this and that and the other and they don't really they stop caring about the team the team bounces them out of there so fast they don't even know what happened there's so many amazing talented people some of the best in the world that only lasted a couple of years or maybe even a couple of months in, in on their respective teams and respective sports now think about that but here's what I want you to do is I want to think I want you to think about that on your team. Are you keeping people just because they're really, really good at what they do? And I'm not trying to tell you to go fire, you know, people. There's a lot of focus management. I call it focus management that can happen in situations like this. But do you have people, you know, good to great, the right butts in the right seats? And do you have people just spinning their wheels, you know, to spin their wheels and they're not moving anything forward? Or do you have people pissing people off that aren't necessarily with the culture and what you want to do do you have people that are performing at a high level but pissing everybody off to people that are or do you have you know the method where you know where everybody's on the same page moving the right direction and everybody's kind of clipping along and you can have a company with different departments and things like that but sometimes you have to almost take like a like i said before like an, almost an inventory or whatever you want to call it like a quick check a checkup on everybody to see what's going on and hopefully you see it in numbers hopefully you see it in in performance hopefully you see it in situations and my you know, me, I feel like people don't do things on bad on purpose. Like I've never had an interview where someone's like, Hey, I'm going to be the worst person ever at my job. And I'm going to suck at it. Like no one wants to suck. And so I would think that if someone's messing up or something's going on, that you would have that conversation with them. That's direct. And you know, one really good way you can talk, you know, that you can be direct. So a lot of people don't, don't like to be direct. A lot of people hate tough conversations. Um, most people hate tough conversations. Um, I don't love them, but I welcome them because at the end of the day, I got to do what I got to do. But it's how you start those or, uh, how you start those tough conversations, and it's you know going to the individual and, and if something's wrong or they're doing something that doesn't necessarily have to do with your culture or have to do with what you want them to do or maybe they're they're not doing really good on their their objectives or their goals or you know, the performance or whatever it is that you know maybe their sales goals whatever and you've been kind of dragging your ass because you don't really want to talk to them or you don't want to piss them off for this and that and the other 
Well, there's different ways to, to kind of approach and one of the way that I like to approach people is, you know, you go to, hey, so-and-so or, hey, you know, Bob, you know, come into my office. Okay, what's going on? Okay, hey, Bob, I, uh, we're going to have a tough conversation and I want to let you know that it's going to be, you know, maybe a little bit uncomfortable, but I want you, I want to let you know that it's out of a, a place of confidence in you. It's at a place of maybe you can even say if you're one of those people that's, hey, it's out of love. And I want you to know that the, the objective and goal of this conversation is to just get in alignment and get through this situation and onto the other side. I don't feel like you're doing, you know, and, and you can go into the issue and, and you can say, I don't feel like you're doing this on purpose. I don't feel like that type of person. Um, you know, if they, maybe if they're violating one of your values, maybe trust, like, Hey, I don't feel like you lied to this individual on purpose. And I hope you did it. And we're not going to get into that. But what I do need you to do is I need you to, you know, try to gain trust back with that customer and, or whatever it is. But the point of the conversation is this, what I'm, what I'm telling you is to set the expectation ahead of time, because what happens is a lot of people get super uber defensive. And when you go in there and you start barking, 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 barking and yelling at them and doing all these things, people get super defensive. And you get a fight breaking out and you get people blown out of there, you know, whatever. But if you go in there and uh, like in the objective at the end of the at the end of the day, the goal is the, the goal is just to get, you know, get get through this and, and, and move on. And I think you both want I think everybody wants that. Right. And so. If you talk to that individual at a at a place of trust and a place of you can call it love or at a place of just respect, let's call it respect at a place of respect. It's a totally different conversation where when it's a we conversation, how can we do better? What can, how can we get through this? Because at the end of the day, I don't care who you are, but if you're in a, a, a position of leadership or management or ownership or whatever that's called, it's a we problem. It ain't a it ain't a you problem. It's a we problem. Because at the end of the day, you have to answer for everything that every every everything that everyone does on your your team. You have to answer for everything. And if someone's screwing up or we're out of compliance or this or that, or we're we're getting this, whatever's going on, at the end of the day, it's a we problem. So you need to think, come out of this situation. How can we do we get better? How can we get through this issue? How can we work together to get that trust back with that customer? How can we work together with the trust back with your teammate? How can we, 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 I really want you to, to think about how, like how different the conversation would be versus a you or a we, because at the end of the day, why do you freaking care if like the goal is not to just rip this person a new one or rip them apart and call them, you know, names and this and that. So why do you care about saying you, 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 if, if you're that type of person that has to blame everybody else for everybody's problem, then I would say that you're not a good, good leader or you shouldn't be in a place of management or you shouldn't like where you're really excited when people screw up because now you get to go tell them they screwed up. Like, that's just, that's why, why would you like that? Like, that's just ridiculous. When you're, when you're that type of person that was like, oh, I can't wait to tattletale. I'm mean, just a freaking tattletale. Like I hated those kids in, in school. The kids like that got beat up. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, why, why, like, why even cross that bridge when it doesn't need to be crossed? Just say, Hey, we need to get through this situation. Like, let's, let's figure this out. Let's get an alignment and move on through the, through, through what's going on. Most people like to be talked to directly that way. And it's contrary to a lot of belief. It's almost more rude. It is more rude dancing around a situation and because it's basically lying to them, then it is just telling them directly what's going on. Because like I said before, I don't believe that most people do things to suck on purpose. And so, you know, and sometimes we can get into this, sometimes it's a deeper meaning. So if you have a really high performer or a person and all of a sudden, boom, a 360 happens, you're like, what the heck is going on? What just happened? Well, maybe you need to have bring that person in and talk to them on a on a ground level, or like as a as a as a, hey, like are you okay? Is everything all right? What's going on? Like this is this is out, totally out of the norm, so I'm not even gonna gonna cross you know that. What are you okay? What's going on? And then let them talk, and maybe I mean you'd be surprised of how many issues or how many things people go through on a daily basis. I mean people are people. Stuff happens every single day, and you know, I had a conversation one time that was just the craziest situation 
and i'm like this is totally out of norm dude like are you like what's wrong are you okay like like talk to me like really talk to me i'm here for you and he's like you know what my my you know grandfather died last night and i just don't really know or you know or not last night last week and i don't really know how to navigate like, he was my this and that and i'm like bro like first off why are you at work he said, well, I need to do this, I need to do that. First, you know, dude, you you make that phone call, you tell me what's going on, and we can pivot and help you in in in, in this situation. I mean, this is why we're here. One of our values in our company is family. It's not only us as a family, it's your family. And if your family's hurting, our family's hurting because we're family. And again, like there's a really fine line of how you how you do this, because again, like I said, not it it's 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 kind of complicated, but there's a really fine line of how you do this because you can still treat like, like, and it's hard because sometimes I get told like, Hey, like you don't fire your family. And at the end of the day, you don't, you don't fire your family. So that family is a tough value. Um, but I'm willing to, to roll with it and stick with it at least for now. And, um, and, and that's how we operate. And so I'm like, bro, go home. Like, just go, go do you. And you know, we'll take care of the rest. Don't worry about pay. Don't just go, just go home. Just go. Just, this is a huge situation. Go home. And, you know, a week, you know, a little bit later, and I was in a week later, but a little bit later, I came back to work and just said, you know, thank you so much. Got my head clear, got everything roll, you know, going on and got all the, you know, the, the arrangements planned and all this stuff. It was just super heavy on his heart, but he didn't want to say anything. And at the end of the day, we don't know. We don't know. So if you're one of those people and you have an issue, I feel like if you go to, you know, your boss or something and tell them what's going on, I don't feel like that they would, they would have that, you know, I mean, if, if they were like, oh, screw you, you get like this, like, I don't care, like leave. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I would never work for a company like that. You guys have heard my story about working at a, at a supplement store, a supplement shop that I used to work at many as shoot is 10 years ago. Now heck over 10 years. Wow. I feel like I'm getting old. And, uh, the, the regional manager came in and slapped my hand away and said, you're not going to be here long enough for me to care and never even shook my hand, man. I'm not, I'm not going to be in a situation like that. I quit, quit shortly after that. A lot of time leadership happen is uh, can be gained through trust or, or leadership has a lot to do with trust. It also has a lot to do with communication because true leaders have direct and straight up communication. They don't dance around things. They're, they're trying to move and influence the organization through, you know, through their influence, but it's through communication, right? I joke about this a lot, but I, I, I actually, I take it super serious. His communication is everything. You never hear people going to counseling or marriage counseling, you know, like, like most couples don't go to marriage. Most couples, most couples go to marriage counseling for bad communication. No one's going to marriage counseling for good communication. It's, you know, I'm not going to the counselor saying, you know, I know what my wife wants to eat every day. She tells me exactly how she feels at the moment that she feels it. She tells me, you know, she's never miscommunication when we're trying to navigate somewhere or never miscommunicating. You know, I love my wife to death and, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're great. But like you can kind of see where I'm, my point is, is communication is everything. And that's where most issues start arising is, is miscommunications or bad communication. And if you are in a person of management or, or anybody be direct with the communication. And like I was talking before, there's a way to do it and a way not to do it. There's, you know, are, are you scolding people screaming at them or are you coming at them at a place of, you know, kind of empathy and, and having a heart. And I would hope that you have, you know, empathy and that you have a heart and then you can understand and you're telling people, you know, how, how to create that good community or whatever you're trying to I'm losing my train of thought here. It's freaking late guys. This is, this is a, uh, I don't know. I don't know what time it is, like 10, 11. I don't know. But uh, I'm excited to be here. So appreciate you guys uh, keeping with me right now. But, uh, you know, the communication is everything. And it can destroy an organization. One little miscommunication can destroy an organization. And so when you're being, when you have communications going out or you have communication to different people, be direct. And it's like, okay, so you said, and then sometimes we even follow it up in an email that says, okay, per our conversation, blah, 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 blah. Especially if you're having a conversation that's not a good conversation. Like if it's a, if it's a termination or a bad thing with a bank or whatever was going on, like, okay, per our conversation, this is blah, 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 blah is going to happen. And it's the, it's the, it's the follow-up on the communication. You know, I, I would say communication is so important that you could almost say like if, if something crazy happened and you were to maybe you couldn't pay a car payment. Let's take this for example. You can't pay a car payment. Something's going on, you know, financially or whatever. 
I, I would think, now I can't guarantee this because I'm not the bank and please don't hold me to this, but I would have to think in my heart that if you were to call the bank and say, bank, you know, I know my car payment's 500 bucks a month. I just, you know, some, some financial things came about. I had some big expenses, this and that, whatever. And I'm not going to make excuses, bank, because at the end of the day, it's not your problem. But one, you know, you could ask them, can you delay my payment? Maybe, maybe one month, you know, usually that's not a problem. Can you delay my payment two months? That's not a problem. Or you can say, Hey, what I can do, I can't pay you for the next three months. But what I, you know, 500 bucks, what I can pay you is I can pay you a hundred, hundred bucks. That's what I will commit to you for the next three months. And then, you know, you know, a month four, I'll pick back up the 500 bucks. I would think that the bank would say, okay, that's, that's not a problem. You know, we'll, we'll figure this out together or, you know, or if, you know, job situation happened and you go to the bank and say, okay, I can't pay 500 bucks a month, but I can pay 400. Maybe you can do like a little refinance or whatever that ends up being like good communication. But at least one thing is if you get told no, you know that it's a no because you communicate it clearly with the, with the bank. Um, if you don't communicate with the bank and you start not making those payments, then what happens? You probably are going to get a repo, right? Because they're go, you're ghosting the bank. The bank does not like to be ghosted. Trust I me, mean, trust me, I've never been in that situation, but the bank does not like to be ghosted. So having the clear, concise communication with anybody goes a, definitely a big way. I want to get into a really, you know, important subject is intention versus perception. Intention versus perception. What is your intention and how is it perceived? I get this a lot because I have a, a, I'm a, an I personality and we'll get into that in a second if you don't know disc, Um, but I'm an I personality, but I, but my less favorable personality is a D, which is directing, you know, dominant director. And so people tend to think that I have a tone. Well, I don't feel like I have a tone, right? But it's the perception. And so my intention is, is to say something one way and with all the love and all the heart in my mind, but it is not always perceived like that. So I want you to, to really be conscious about that as, okay, what is my intention and how is it being perceived? Because at the end of the day, like perception is everything, how, how people are perceiving you know, even your nonverbal, like maybe your intention is to, to act one way, or maybe your intention is to say it, say one thing, but how it's perceived is everything because that's, that's how people are computing it. How our minds work is we input data, we act, we export data, we import data, we export data, or we import data. We think about all the stuff that's going on we compute it and then we export it. Right? So people are only kind of computing what they're inputting and what they're inputting is kind of how they're perceiving you want them, especially miscommunications and texts happen all the time and emails happen all the time. It's like, you know, oftentimes all capitalized means are yelling, but some people are like, no, that's not what I mean. And so it's, you know, like it's perceptions, everything. And so if you ever have a situation arise or a situation that you're not meaning to do that, you can ask them, how did you perceive the conversation? Oh, I perceived it this way. Oh my gosh, there's a complete miscommunication. My intention was to tell you this. I apologize for that. And so when you're, especially when you're a deep personality, you're and we can get into person, like crazy personalities. And I'm super excited to, to dive in even more with you guys because I don't, I think I might tell you guys this, but I've been studying this for, for the last 15 years and I'm f- officially going to become certified here pretty soon and have, I got my software rolling and I got a whole training program and a whole consulting program that I'm going to, going to do with this because I have taken it like, like this is my life's work because everybody, I grew up thinking I was broken. I'm grew up that I think, and I had every three letter, whatever, um, diagnosis or four or whatever known to man. I mean, I, I grew up thinking like almost like completely hating myself, honestly, because I, I thought I was broken. And so I kind of made it, you know, I'm maybe my life's work. I don't know. I just made it a big point to figure out why people do what they do because everybody's so different. I don't know if you live in a family like mine, but all, you know, there's six of us in my family. All six of us are so different. There's four of us kids. All four of us kids are so different. I have a twin brother. We're so freaking different. It's not even funny. We don't even look, you know, obviously we're fraternal, but we don't even act the same. We don't nothing the same, totally different personalities. And it's, that's so fascinating to me. That first off, we can come at the same time from the same, like we can all come from the same family, 
and how we're so different and how we grew up the exact same, how we grew up in the same household, in the same, with the same food, with the same dinners, with the same drinks, with the same, literally the same clothes, but maybe a different color being a twin. Like how do we grow up so much alike where now we're completely different? And so I think understanding your personality is huge. And that's every single person in our company will be tested in 2023. And it's a quick test. It's easy. And that's, we got the software rolling and we've been doing some beta. It's freaking sweet. But you get a over 50 page report every time you take the test, everything about you. It's going to be unbelievable because I think that that's where a lot of culture and a lot of leadership starts is your personality and understanding your personality, understanding your own personality, understanding maybe if you have a partner and understanding your leadership's personalities because your leadership personality, how you talk to those people is catered to them. And I'm not talking about everything, talking to people like baby and whatever like that, but like leadership is in, in culture is not a one size fits all. I mean, you can create a big culture, but in the day of how you manage and how you ebb and flow that culture and how you implement that culture is completely different within every, maybe every single store, every single region, every single person, because everybody is so different. Now that's not good or bad. And you really need to understand that, that just because the people are who they are and why they are, how, why they, whatever, it's not good or bad. Now me being a dominant director, which we, is a D personality. Like my personality is if I have to get from point A to point B now in a less favorable situation in an, in a favorable situation, generally I'm an interacting socializer. They call me high and I I'm partying. I'm having a good time. I'm joking around. Like a lot of time when I speak, a lot of times, you know, my this podcast, I'm throwing in jokes. I'm having a good time. I'm like, your laughter is my fuel. So I'm having, I just want to have a good time and everybody to, to have a good time. Now, if something less favorable comes along, my personality kind of switches and I get super dominating director. And it's almost like a reactionary personality. And this is where our test goes into is your reactionary personality and how you perceive situations and how you now, how does your computer start to work in a less favorable situation? You know, that, that computer upstairs in your mind, you know, how does that start to, to, to react to situations? And how does that start to compute stress and compute less favorable situations like we call it that is very important to know now i'm not going to say i'm perfect all the time but i know my reactionary personality is if something goes wrong i'm going to knock you out so fast you're not going to want to do it and we're going to move on and we're going to you know boom we just, we're done i'm going to react super fast it could be dangerous sometimes and so knowing your personality knowing how you're going to react that way is important now I also am very blessed in that point. If, if favorable, if a less favorable situation comes on, my computer and my mind starts working of how we can overcome the the, obje, the the situation and dominate through the situation and get through it to the other side. I don't stand here and think about it forever. I don't want to party with it. Like I, I want to get through the situation. And so for me and my in in how what I do on a daily basis, I mean, it fits kind of fits kind of great because if I want everybody to have a good time, but then if a situation arises, then we kind of we get through the situation. And so, and then also with situations, it's really good to take an after action report. I know it's, you know, I think that's what they call it in the military. You can call it kind of whatever you want to call it. But if a situation arises or, or something to definitely take like a, like a, you know, a check of what happened and how you can avoid it next time. And sometimes, you know what, you can't, you just can't avoid it. Um, but really trying to figure out how to get better or, and be the best in your, your, uh, your, your industry or whatever you're doing. I think that's, that's super important. So if you have the opportunity um, to ever take like a personality test, you know, we use disc, I know there's colors, I know there's all kinds of different, you know, whatever out there. Um, our, our, I, I grew up learning disc. Um, I've, I've studied disc. I've, I've done a really cool things with DIS, with the DIS, the disc um, personalities. And I'm just super excited to keep, keep it going because I think it's just so important to, to base, you know, our, that's kind of the foundation of, of the, of, of culture, because that's how you, can can talk to people and react to people and know how why they're reacting and maybe maybe if you're having a situation where you feel like the person's not maybe performing you know what you perceive or what you want how you want them to perform you can maybe take take a personality test and be like, oh man we got the wrong totally the wrong personality in this seat like we're making them assume they're s personality which is a steady relator they don't they they're they're very like more soft-spoken super kind of introverted they don't like to be in big crowds they don't like to have any kind of whatsoever um like stressful situations they don't like 
um, chaos. They, you know, they just want to be a steady relator. They want to love on people. They want to make sure everybody's okay. Uh, my mom is definitely an S personality. She's the best. And she's um, absolutely amazing. Um, but she just, she, she's crying in Hallmark movies and she's just, just so like caught up in, in people and loves people, you know, maybe that person might not necessarily be the best salesperson or like spokesperson that you have. And you're just making them feel super uncomfortable and they're maybe not performing like they should, and, which is not a bad thing. I mean, it's just, it's just not maybe in their cards. However, do not ever pigeonhole someone. Do not ever say, okay, you know, I need a salesperson and I'm only looking for this certain personality because then all of a sudden you have, you know, you have a bunch of robots out there. You have a bunch of maybe person, I mean, people will surprise you. And, and I, and I like statistically should not be in the position that I'm in, but, you know, and so I'm, you know, very grateful that I'm in this, in this position, but don't ever pigeonhole people because people will surprise you. But at the end of the day, you're trying to set people up for success and you, you don't want to set them up for failure, putting them in the wrong positions that just don't make sense for them to be in. And so, but it takes obviously a leader and a person that really cares because it, at the end of the day, like you have to care about this. I can't make you care about this. I hope you do care about this because I think this can do amazing things. Like I was talking to a gentleman today and he goes, Jason, I worked for a company and he, he listened to my podcast. He's, I, I love this dude. We, we, he's just an awesome guy. And he's like, I listened, I, uh, you know, I, I worked for the same company for 15 years. And in the last two years working for you, working for this company, I've learned more in leadership and have had more fun than I've ever had. I had combined in the last 15 years. And that, well, I'm like, dude, that meant more to me than anything. I mean, I, I appreciate that so much. And that's worth, you know, you could give me a little bonus here and there and a little, you know, I can have some wins and losses, but at the end of the day, like that's, that's a win for me because I, that's so much bigger than me. Now it wasn't, Jason, you've done this, or Jason, you've done that. It was the team and the company has done this for me. Like, I want to create the best company in the world. And I am personally basing that off of a lot of self-development, a lot of leadership, because I want to build a better person to build a better company and to take care of people. Because if if we're if we're taking care of ourselves and we're growing ourselves and we're we're learning personalities, we're learning people, at the end of the day, I'm in the customer service business. I think I totally think that my team members and my family are my biggest assets of this company. But at the end of the day, if we don't have customers buying from us and we don't have customers, you know, doing the transactions and coming in for service and buying parts and all these things, then I had just have a, some awesome people and some real estate and we're paying a lot of money out in payroll. You know, we have to obviously attract those customers, but if we're building those people up and we're, we're building the teams up, that's so contagious. Those customers can feel it. Those customers want to be a part of a winning team. Nobody wants to buy from a loser. Now, I'm sorry, like, that's, that's super rude, but no one wants to buy from a losing team. No one wants to buy from, like, hey, we're the, like, no one's advertising, hey, we're the worst dealer in the country, buy from us. Like, what? No one wants to buy from a losing team. Like, oh, we're doing so amazing. We're, we, we, we're last place. Like, you know, we're, we suck at everything, but we're going to have a good, like, no, no, no one wants to do that. It's always, we're the number one dealer. We're the number one company. We're the number one this, number one rated, number one, number one, number one, number one, because people want to be on a winning team. But it's how you set up that winning team and how you mold that winning team and how you create that winning team is everything. It's how you're dealing with those people. It's how you're dealing with the customers. It's the expectations you're setting. It's the setting them up for success. It's giving them the right tools. It's giving them the right leadership. It's making them read the right books. And yes, I said books. Like it's, it's an all encompassing massive thing you have to do. And, and I really, really encourage you, especially if you're just starting to start this now, start it right now. Don't wait. And if it doesn't matter, if you're not starting, start it now, because at the end of the day, if it gets so big, it's going to be so hard to create that. And then it's going to be a disaster and almost it's going to implode on itself, which I see all the time with, with massive companies. Like I, I met with a guy yesterday, massive company, like, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of worth of valuation in that company. And what happened? Like, I thought it was strong. I thought it was a beast. Like I was pumping this company up because he's a good buddy of mine. And then I found out that he left and I'm like, whoa, like, whoa, what is going on there, man? Like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is, this is, a, a, this is the best company in the world. And 
you know, we're good friends and kind of, you know, talked a little bit. I didn't really want to, you know, bug him too much about it. Um, but come to find out it was completely because of the culture, completely because everything changed. The, the status quo changed. Everything was completely morphing into something he didn't want anymore. And he was a co-founder, guys. And so it was so important to him and he just wasn't, was so tired of it. He just stepped away in a good way with himself being a great person and, and with good good intentions and, and obviously a good culture within himself. He just stepped away quietly and then just went away. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. At the end of the day, he could have walked away with an astronomical amount of money, like generational wealth, like incredible wealth. He stepped away from it because it went against his values, who he was and how he wanted to operate his company. As culture is everything, it can be like a like I said, it can be a positive thing or a negative thing. Implementing culture is really difficult to do. And how you do it is you you it starts with the leader, it starts with the leadership team. And you have those round table discussions. Like I, I say all the time, business is not a pyramid, it is a round table. Meaning you have those round table discussions. King Arthur and the Knights, the round table, right? King Arthur was the king, at least. Honestly, you guys have never really looked into it, but I think King Arthur was the king and he had the knights of the round table. And you doesn't like in our company, we view ourselves as a round table and people are very confused and I don't freaking care because at the end of the day, we make stuff happen and we are all on the same page. We are all aligned. We know what each other is supposed to do and we all feel comfortable to talk and go back and forth. Now, at the end of the day, my last name's in the freaking buildings. Um, my last name is going to be on, you know, my signature is going to be on the documents, but we make those decisions together. We rise together. We fall together. We're doing everything together. This is not a prove that Jason has all the right answers. This is prove that we have all the right answers. Jason does not want all of the right answers at all because I need my, I need a team and a true system-based business where the team is creating or finding those right answers for their teams and down and down. However, it's going to go. I don't want the right answers. And I hope if you're that person, you're like, man, like I am, you know, I, I think I, you know, maybe I'm a blocker. Maybe I am the person that's, you know, trying to get everybody the right answers and put everything through me. Think about that. You know, how better could you operate if you're training people so good that they're taking care of a certain division or a certain department where now they don't have to come to you for everything. And a lot, oftentimes guys, it just starts with some empowerment. Of just that you're empowering that individual, you're empowering that department, you're empowering that team, empowering that team where they can go operate and do things on their own where you're just checking. We call those L5s. We rate them L1 through L5. Those L5s, you're just checking. They're just clipping along. Not a whole lot of focus management or really pretty much no focus management at all. You might hit them up and say, congratulations. How was your kid's baseball game? I saw that it was your birthday. I'm your biggest cheerleader. That's when you become a cheerleader. In which is huge in a company. I mean, it, it, when you when you got a, a team of L5s, some amazing stuff happens. And so, um, guys, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Um, you know, I I absolutely love what I do. I love cult. The culture is so important, and team building and personalities. I mean, there's so much that goes into this. And so, if you have any questions, please hit me up, guys. My Instagram is just Jason Haugen. DM me. I pretty much answer all my dms unless you're super spammy i'm not going to answer you back but if you have legitimate questions let me know um again it's jason and then h-a-u-g-e-n is my instagram but just guys this means a lot like i and, and if you like this and you, and you think that this could be a value um please subscribe please like you know like this or leave me a, you know leave me a review and share it you know please share this i keep wanting i, I really want to spread this um, this message to, 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 to everybody I possibly can. And, you know, if you think this will help your team or your leadership, please share this. And if you ever have any questions, please let me know. I'd love to be able to, to serve you and help you because that's what I want to do. And that fills me up. So every time that I get those DMS of, you know, the opportunity to serve, that's filling my tank up. So I appreciate you so much. So I will see you all on the next episode of culture camp. Thank you.